Welcome to Conscious Corner, brought to you by Conscious Coaching, Inc., the show that talks about divorce, step families, and all the dynamics that go along with it. Hello and welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening. I want to give a shout out to my team, first and foremost, to Joel at East Coast Studio, who makes this sound great every single week, and you can reach him at eastcoaststudio.ca, and to the Music Assembly, who provides us the music at the beginning, middle, and end of our show, and you can reach them at themusicassembly.com. So today we are going to be talking about relationships and building relationships by staying connected to each other and not through technology. I have been reading a lot lately about people, especially millennials, trying to stay connected and having that hard time being connected to each other and creating those intimate relationships and building relationships. They have quite a difficulty doing that. And I noticed something throughout a lot of the articles and stories that I read, and there were many of them. And these were a lot of them were written by millennials. And the biggest, biggest common factor was technology. And as much as we say that technology brings us together, and yes, it does in many, many, many ways, but it also is the one thing that actually separates us and tears us apart and makes us feel alone. And this is a, you know, one of the biggest things that I hear often now is I'm so connected, but I feel so alone. Well, here's my answer to that is you're connected to technology. You're not connected to human beings. And so in order for you to not feel alone, we have to get out there, people, and be connected to human beings Texting someone and seeing what their Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram pages are is not connecting to them. Because you send them a quick text message doesn't mean you're connected to them. It just means it's a message. You know, looking at their photos on Instagram doesn't mean that you're connected to them. It means that you're just viewing a photo. And I think we kind of have to step back and look at how we are perceiving these things because the reality is it's not an actual connection. The only way you're going to make an actual connection is if you actually see that person. If you get to feel them, you get to hear them, you get to look at their faces and the nuances of their body movements and and hear their voices and the sounds and the tones and the inflections and all of those things. So in order to create relationships... I'm saying we have to disconnect, disconnect and start connecting to actual people physically, face to face. And so I'm going to give you because I'm big on the tips, right? So I'm going to give you five of my tips to how to really connect and build a relationship. And I'll say this even for people who are in a relationship right now, who are married or partnered or boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, in whatever type of relationship you're in, even friendships, these are things that that you'll need to do. And you can take these tips and they can go across the board to any relationship that you're in. Um, 
but they're even more imperative for the intimate relationships, for the love relationships, because those are the ones that you want to hang on to forever. Not that you don't want to hang on to a friendship forever, definitely. But, you know, for your lifelong partner, you want to hang on to that. So you want, you're going to have to nurture that and build that. And how do you do that in a world of technology where everything is connected only through technology and we have less and less and less actual physical time with each other. How do you do that? I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to take discipline and it's going to take work. And I know a lot of a younger generation are not used to that level of discipline and work. And I'm not saying this to uh, cut down or minimize a younger generation, so a millennial generation and the generation after them. That is just a fact and a reality. There are numerous studies done, numerous studies. That level of commitment is not there when it comes to relationships. And even millennials themselves ha- are stating that, that they, they're a generation that grew up in a very fast-paced, quick-to-dispose-of society and generation and life. And so, so commitment is not there. So this is going to take commitment on your part. And the only way to succeed in anything you do is to persevere and commit, even when it's hard, even when you hate it, even when you're uncomfortable, even when you fail, even when you think, I don't want to do this anymore and you want to give up, when you continue to plow through, you win. And that is for any aspect of your life, any aspect of your life. So in your relationships, in whatever relationship you have, you have to commit to it and commit to every part of it. And so how are we going to, how do you build a relationship by staying connected to each other without having that technology? So tip number one is first and foremost, spend face-to-face time with each other. The biggest thing I will say is turn the technology off. If you're in a relationship and you are going to see your partner, and it is that time for you and your partner, turn the technology off. Turn the phone off. If you're going out for dinner, if you're going out on a date, if you're going to spend time in their home, turn your phone off. Don't be distracted by it and spend that face-to-face time. Look at them. Be there and be present to be with your partner. Look at them. Look at them personally, physically. Right? You're not building a relationship online by continually just speaking online through Skype. Yes, you can see them. You can see their physical presence, but you're not going to be able to touch them, to see their tiny body movements, to see their shifts, to see, you know, to hold their face, their skin, their hair, all of that. So face-to-face time is imperative. That physical touch that he, that humans need, and I say humans need it, there are actual scientific studies that show that human touch actually increases your health, increases endorphins, increases good moods, increases sexuality, increases so many things in your life, increases that that level of connectedness. So there is a need for face-to-face contact and that human touch. So if you want to build a relationship, first and foremost, turn that phone off, turn that technology off, 
And I say phone because typically most people have phones and most of their their technology is through their phone now. And so turn it off. Actually turn it off, not on silent, not on vibrate. Turn it completely off, shut it down. Give that person the attention that they deserve. This is the someone that you love, that you want to connect with, that you chose to be with. So give them the connection that they deserve and be with them physically. Look at their faces and be with them. Touch them uh, physically. Actually feel feel their body, feel their hair, look at them, You know, be with them. So that is tip number one. Tip number two is stay connected through communication. And now I don't say communication through technology. I mean communication face-to-face. It is a skill that an entire generation has seemed to have lost. And yet it is a skill that is the number one skill to build and hold a relationship together is that communication skill. And communication face-to-face is one of the hardest ways to communicate, especially when times are tough in a relationship. So... If there is something to be said, if you if you don't like something that is happening in your relationship, it is vitally important that you give the person that you are with, your partner, the person that you love, that respect to f- see them face to face, to tell them. Because in that, they get to hear, one, the tone of voice that you have. They get to hear and feel and see your facial expressions, to see the sincerity of, of, of what you're telling them. And you also, in return, get to hear that. The tones of voice that they have, the sincerity in their faces, and all of the expressions. So you want to have that because it makes a massive difference when you're communicating. If you want to tell somebody that you love them or compliment them, tell them face-to-face because, again, for the same reasons, you get to see the reactions in their faces, the expressions that they have, their smiles, the sound in their voice, you know, whether you're the person saying it or receiving it, you want to see that because when you get to see all of those small, small little nuances and hear them, that actually drives a different emotion, which will drive a different, different chemical in your body that will make you respond differently. You know, so something that you could say over text or email where you can't see a person, you may say that or receive that and feel angry in that moment. But if you hear that person and you see see their facial expressions while they're telling you, it can give you a completely different thought and emotion that may actually be the true communication and the true thing that they're trying to tell you, the true emotion that they're trying to give, rather than your perceived emotion that you're having if you only receive it in writing. So it is important to really communicate with your partner, with your loved one, face-to-face. And if not by face-to-face, actually hear their voice. Pick up that phone and call. This is why I say it's going to take some discipline and practice because this many people have lost. And it's not only with a millennial generation and younger, it's also with anyone who are in their 40s and 50s. We've tend to, we've lost a lot of that phone communication, voice communication, where we get to hear each other and hear the sounds of our voices and see each other where we actually go and physically meet with that person. 
And it's important for that face-to-face communication when you are trying to communicate something to your loved one that is important to you. And it also gives them that respect that shows that respect level that you have for them. I care enough about you that I actually want to tell you this, see you as uncomfortable as it might make you. And it will make you uncomfortable sometimes. Sometimes even giving compliments makes people feel uncomfortable, either giving them and receiving them. And if it's something difficult, that will make you feel uncomfortable. But it also makes you, again, when you plow through the discomfort, it's an amazing feeling knowing that, you know what, I, I came out the other end and I'm okay. And I'm okay either way. Right? I either feel wonderful if it's a compliment or I feel at least more knowledgeable and more aware if it's something more negative that isn't, you know, it might be a, a serious or, or disturbing conversation. But it is something that you've done that now you can have in your bag of skills. I did that. I overcame that. And now, now I know how to do this as well. So you want to communicate face to face. So communicate openly, but through each other not through your technology. Number three, go out and explore the world, people. I find that a lot of couples nowadays, and especially younger couples, they're hermits. They tend to stay inside. Nobody wants to go outside anymore. There's not a lot of like dating in, let's say, the traditional sense of dating where you go out on dates and you do things and you find all these things and and you want to explore the world together. I have uh, young young adults in my house all the time through the kids, their friends. Many of them are dating, and I find I laugh all the time and think, God, I would hate to date in in this generation because it seems so boring. They come and sit in my basement and watch shows or play video games, and then and there is a whole world out there that they're not exploring, and it makes dating life incredibly boring. And you want to continue to build that relationship and to build that excitement with each other. Go out and explore. Whether you've been married for 25 years or you're only just starting uh, to date someone for two weeks. Go out and explore the world. Find things to do. Be creative. You need to get out because it also, one, you're together brings you together. It forces you to learn how to communicate and talk with each other. You have that physical aspect with each other and you are creating memories with each other by exploring and doing new things and seeing the world and, you know, going out on dates and stores and restaurants and movies and picnics and all whatever. You're making the memories together and that is what builds the relationship are making the memories together. When you are sitting in a basement, you are not making memories together. You are just sitting in a basement and feeling bored because thoughts are left in your head of, God, what else, what else can I do? Or I want to sleep. That doesn't build a relationship. Building the memories together, right? Going through things together. If you're doing something and it is difficult, maybe you decided to take on a challenge and you're going to go rock climbing or downhill skiing for the first time and you you know it's something that you did together it's a challenge now you have something that you guys have gone through together that something you know that maybe both of you were scared to do but you did it that's a that's a big memory that you did together if it's something that you struggled with even that you fought at during the day but you plowed through you have that now as as a building block 
that's now helped your relationship. So people go out and explore no matter what, you know, where you are in your relationship. Take that time to go out and explore the world. Don't be just sitting there. And I know a lot of couples who are older, have been together for a long time. It is often the go-to, hey, let's just go out for dinner and that's our date night. Go beyond that. You need to have more challenges in your relationship in order to build it. It becomes stagnant. It's stagnant in your brain, stagnant in your body, stagnant in every aspect if you do the same thing all the time. You're not going to get excitement if you don't change it up. So you have to go and explore. Change it up. Go out. Explore the world. Have fun. It builds your relationship. It builds that communication and it builds that physical connection to, to each other. So number four is be patient. So yes, I say go out and explore, but be patient in your relationship, especially, and this goes for the new relationships out there. Be patient in it. So new relationships can be, you could just be, you know, that 16 year old who started dating, the person who's divorced and now newly dating at any stage in life. If you are dating, if you are building a relationship with someone, be patient. If it's a new friend, you just made a new friend, be patient with with them. Be patient with the relationship. Take your time with it. Where We live in a society and in a world where everything moves at lightning speed. And our expectations are things have to happen now. They have to happen immediately. I want all the things that I want immediately, quickly. You know, I want to have that best friend immediately. So as soon as I meet you, You need to be my go-to. I need to have that person to do all these things with and and talk to. And we get our disappointments when the expectations that we have, which are fast and quick, are not being met, right? That they didn't respond to my texts right away. So you have to be patient with your relationships. If you have a new partner or a new a new person that you really, really like and you and you're now dating them, be patient with that relationship. Take the time to go out, take the time to schedule the dates, take the time to talk to each other, to communicate with each other, take the time to build that relationship. It's not lightning speeds here. Any good solid relationship has a good solid foundation. Anything in life, you know, anything in life, nature, homes, everything, they have to have a very good solid base in order for that thing to flourish and to be good and to grow. Without it, it crumbles and falls to the ground. So with your relationship, it takes time. Like look at how long a tree takes to grow. A tree takes years and years and years to grow. Why? Because it's roots. It needs to be patient. It's nurturing the roots. It's getting stronger and stronger and stronger to hold to hold the top of the tree up. The same thing you need for your relationship. You need your base to grow. And so you have to build, you have to build on your experiences. Your base is your experiences, the way you communicate with each other, that how you spend your time with each other, the memories that you build, all of those things, your slow, your intimacy levels. And trust me, your intimacy levels grow and grow and grow all the time. It's not just because you have sex, you know, whether it be on the first date or uh, two years in, 
it's not built on that. And that will change over time as well. You, you know, how you connect with each other intimately will grow. So all those things grow and create your base. And that takes time. None of that happens overnight. And as you build and grow over the years, you have a beautiful relationship. So you want to get be patient with your relationships. Give it time to grow. Give it time to nurture. Give yourself time to do all those things and plan all those things. So be patient. Now, and I've read many articles, our younger generations, it's a very instant, quick turnaround of relationships and very fast. You know, if it's not moving fast, if it's not going where I want to go, it's it's you know, quick and gone. And it's hard to have a relationship like that because it takes time. We have to remember we are not dealing with robots here, people. We are dealing with human beings. Human beings and the brain is not at the development speed of technology. It is slower. Emotions are much slower than anything else. So we have to give each other time and the respect of time to build on that. So be patient with your relationships. Give it time. It will be the best relationship when you have more time and nurture it to grow. And my last tip of the day is disconnect and leave room for space for each other and missing each other. And this is a big one. And I mean, I've said disconnect at the beginning, but we don't allow, and this comes with the patience. You need to have patience for this. We don't allow each other to miss each other. And in relationship building today, especially when it's new relationships, because of technology, everyone is connected all the time. So it's almost like you're with that person 24-7. And I'll tell you right now, if I was with my husband 24-7 and knew everything about him 24-7, I'd probably want to kill him. Like we would be arguing and fighting and and I wouldn't, he would annoy me so much because it is just overload. It's just overload. And what it is, you know, it is information overload. So you need some time and space to miss each other, to have that, you know, that bit of disconnected to each other a bit. And I know it sounds contrary to everything that I've been saying to connect, but again, Things that are healthy need that space and room to grow. And I'm using nature as a big as a um, a big comparison. You know, so when you have plants, if you plant too many plants closely together, they'll suffocate each other and die. So yes, they like to be around each other. They need all the pollens from each other and that to grow, but they need that little bit of space in between to that breathing room to flourish, to expand. And so in the same way, relationships, yes, you need that human connection and touch and communication, that face-to-face, all of that. You need those memories and experiences, but you also need time to be apart for your own personal space and growth and time to miss each other. You know, in today's day and age, there is a beauty in missing someone. It really makes you appreciate them so much more when you get to miss them. And when we're connected to them all the time through social media, there's no time to miss them. And not only that, it also makes us become more paranoid in our relationships because social media is so false. You know, nothing really on social media that is posted is very true. Uh, If there were that many happy people in the world with smiley faces and happy times, 
there would be no wars, there would be no anxiety or depression or any of that. So it really is false. And because people are only posting the best of themselves. So when you're seeing all of that, you're wondering why there's always this thing that you're missing out. Why are they doing this? Who are they with? Who's that person in the background? It It makes it so that you become more paranoid in your relationship. You need that bit of space where you can then kind of maintain your own self, your own um, healthy relationships, friendships, your own mindset. You need that time to miss each other, to be disconnected with each other, because then you can think about your own partner, your own loved one, and all the things that, you know, you want to say to them, the beautiful, you know, their beautiful faces, the things that you like about them. That's part of that missing, that little feeling that you get in your gut when, that one person actually has to go home and then you don't and you can't see them or talk to them again because because now they're gone if you shut the social media down sure it's a little bit of pain in the stomach but it's it's a good pain it's a pain of yearning and we have no more yearning we've lost our yearn for each other and that is a massive part of building relationships is having that yearning for each other and why because they're always there They're always there through social media. They're always there. So even that they might have to go home or go on a trip or go back to another country, they're always there. And in some respects, yes, it's great. But in other respects, we have to learn to turn it off. So you get that feeling of yearning. It's an incredible feeling. It sends incredible emotions and actual chemicals through your body that are the love chemicals that you want them. It makes you appreciate. And and so you can't wait to see them again. You do anything. You work harder. You do anything to have to want to see them again that you just can't. It makes you know for a lot of a younger generation, this is the reason that makes you know, is this the person for me? You have no no idea of the desire for yearning or for the emotion of yearning and desire because your connections are always around you 24-7. So why don't you know if you actually love this person? Because you've never had to yearn for them. You have to desire something. You have to desire a job. You have to desire a home that you live in. You have to desire uh, your partners that you're with. You desire it. You appreciate it more. And it makes it so that your relationship is so much better. So the only way to do that nowadays is to turn your technology off. Give yourself a little bit of space from each other. My husband and I, we are not connected on social media at all. We are not friends on Facebook. We are not, you know, uh, LinkedIn, none of it. I don't need to see every aspect of his life because there's a bit of mystery in that because there's that, you know, when he comes home, if I've seen everything that he's done in his day because he's posted on social media, we have nothing to talk about. And when we have nothing to talk about, our relationship starts to die. It feels boring. So you want to disconnect. It also gives me that yearning for him that, oh my goodness, I can't wait for him to come home so he could tell me how his day was, what happened in his day, and just to see him. You know, if he's been, sometimes he works late hours. And so I haven't seen him for 14, 16 hours. I kind of miss him. I actually really just want to sit and be with him and be next to him. And it gives you that yearning. So it's good and important to disconnect and give yourself space from each other. 
so that you have that yearning so that when you're with each other, face to face, when you're communicating with each other, when you're going out on your dates and spending that time and exploring the world, you know, it gives you that space and why you need to be patient because it's your patience that will allow you to do that. It will allow you for the disconnecting to allow for all of that to happen. These are the things that are going to build beautiful, long lasting relationships and and I'll tell you, this was a learning experience for me because like, you know, I've been divorced, so I know, and I've been through all of those stages, and these are the things that I notice the most. And now watching a younger generation grow and an even younger generation coming up, these are things that are lost in that generation that we need to gain again. And if any of you out there are listening to me that you're millennials, take note of this you want solid, sound, long-lasting relationships, take note of this. As much as your technology is your world, it's also going to be the killers of your life. Shut it down sometimes. It's okay. The world still turns. Things still happen. Everyone will still be there. And guess what? More people will yearn for you. And that's a big thing. They'll yearn for you when they can't have you all the time either, when they can't see you all the time either, when they can't hear you all the time either. And feeling wanted makes you feel so appreciated and incredible. So it goes both ways. So these are my tips for you this week to build a healthy relationship by staying connected to each other and not to our technology. Take those things, share this podcast out. If you know anyone who's in a relationship or you think is suffering, their relationship is suffering or struggling, or someone who's in a new relationship that might need some some advice to help them build a good one, share this, send it out. Let them know, and if you have any stories of how you stay connected to each other, if you turn technology off, whether it helps you or not, let me know. Connect with me. I'm at Leah at ConsciousCoachingInc.com, or go to the Facebook page, Conscious Coaching Inc., and share with me there. I'd love to hear your stories. We always want to stay connected to each other, but not always be connected to each other. So I will leave you with that. And now I'm going to talk about Leah's Likes. Leah's Likes is a part of the show that I share some of the things that I like during the day that make me feel good. And hopefully they'll bring some happiness and make you feel good during the day as well. This week, my Leah's Likes. I always like to take it in three parts. So first I talk about the brain. So I always like to keep the brain active. And I'm going to talk about courses, online courses. One way to keep your brain continually active and healthy is feeding it with information. And a big thing I'm going to push here are online courses. There are so many online courses out there. If there's something that you're interested, look for a little mini course online. Udemy is a great one. They have so many different types of courses that you can take that are fairly cheap. Some of them are as low as $10 and $12. And for something like that, to feed your brain is actually great and, and you know, life-changing. And, and what you want to, to maintain a healthy, healthy brain, healthy life as you get older. So look for online courses that you can take. Different things, and no matter what area it is, it could it could be uh, something that is 
whether it's music, dance, in bus- uh, business relations, personal health and growth, there are courses for everything. Take a look online. There are so many things, but try and feed your brain. And, and a good way is doing is doing little courses. E- you know, even if you've been out of school for 20, 30, 40 years, do little courses and teach yourself something. It's basically teaching your brain something to uh, strengthen the muscle. So my health. My health tip this week is disconnect. That's the biggest theme this week, disconnect. Take the time to disconnect your technology, your devices, and not be on them. You know, and you don't have to start by just connecting for a whole day. Even if you give yourself, start small. I'm going to disconnect for 20 minutes, even if it's just that 20 minutes. Trust me, your brain will find start to find things to do in that 20 minutes. And sometimes even if you're just sitting there bored staring at the wall for 20 minutes, boredom can be good sometimes because it also allows the brain and forces you to think, oh crap, this is so boring, I need to do something. Start small, 20 minutes, go into half an hour, then 40 minutes, then an hour, you know, do it incrementally. And you'll feel better if for any of those who are very ambitious, disconnect, try and disconnect the whole day. See if you can do it or disconnect for half a day. But disconnect is my health aspect because it really will start to create a healthier lifestyle for you. And my indulgence this week is uh, mangoes. I, I know it sounds really funny and it's a fruit. So up here in the north in Canada, we have mangoes, but you know they're imported, so they're not always fresh. So you have to leave them out to ripen for a long time. But when you do get really ripe, fresh ones, oh my goodness, they're delicious. And so recently I've had a few really ripe, fresh ones and just magnificent. So, and I know it's a silly indulgence, but If you eat a fruit and mango, so mango is my fruit, love mangoes. If you eat a fruit and a fruit is something very healthy, so there can go into the health part. When you can eat a fruit that you really like, it really is delicious. Like it sits, you sit there and you just like that you instantly have this little smile on your face. You feel better in your body. And so I'm saying fruit because mango is my fruit. If you have a fruit, pick a fruit that you like and eat it. It's that tiny little enjoyment. So my, you know, my indulgence this week are mangoes because I've had quite a few ripe ones now and they're delicious and it really brings me joy. It brings me joy when I can just sit and be like, oh my goodness, my favorite fruit I actually can have and it tastes sweet and good and delicious. And for that little moment of probably three minutes in the day, I just sit and enjoy and I can feel the pleasure in my body and that feels great. So those are my three Leah's likes this week. Again, send me what what you like, what your uh, what your likes are. I always like to hear that. Leah at ConsciousCoachingInc.com. Share it with me. Share this podcast out to anyone and always connect with me because we're here to help each other and support each other because we are a community and that's what we do as a community, as people, as friends. And know that you're never alone because I'm Leah and I'm in your corner. 